My name is Dr. Kathy Groover, and I finished writing the book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, Hundreds of Ways to Take Charge of Your Health Naturally. Welcome to Please Finish Your Book, the show where busy people became published authors. Listen as they share their story, along with practical tips that you can use to get your book finished. Now, here's your host, who injured his knee and wrist at the same time, John P. Thank you, Erica. Dr. Kathy Groover is an award-winning author of five books on health and wellness. She's also an internationally recognized speaker, regular expert on radio and TV, and maintains a massage and hypnotherapy practice in Santa Barbara, California. Before you hear more about her books, her story, and her advice on finishing a book, listen to this book testimonial from one of her readers. Hi, my name is Michael, and I'm talking about uh, Dr. Kathy Groover's book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. And what I found most fascinating about this book is that it's a practical book. It's not full of sort of information that you that is ethereal, you may not quite understand, or you don't apply in everyday life. Uh, her book is practical. It's day-by-day things you can do that anybody can do very simply to make their lives better, to make their lives more enriched, and to get a better knowledge and understanding of their own body and their own spirit. Thank you for joining the show today. And I always ask the guests, what is this book about? Give us a short synopsis of what this book is really about. Absolutely. Just like the title says, it is really a collection of natural health and wellness tips and advice. I made it really practical, really short chapters. There's nothing over anybody's heads. So it's a great primer if you've always wanted to learn how natural health can help you and your family. Or if you're already familiar with it, there's probably some new stuff in there that you've not explored before. So I go about it in a really fun way, very down to earth, lots of, you know, kind of funny asides. Um, And yeah, so it's just a a collection of natural health because I want to help people learn about the choices they can make to be healthier. Not 101, but hundreds of ways. Amazing. I'm not sk- Amazing. I'm not skimping on the ways. I want to – No, because everybody has a different mentality about stuff like this. So if you read the mm-hmm. section on homeopathics, you might go, ah, that's a bunch of hooey. I don't believe it. But you might like the section on herbs or you might like the section on mind-body medicine. So I wanted to make sure I was able to reach everybody. I talk about corporate health. I talk about you know physical health, mental health, depression, anxiety, obesity, cancer. I got it covered. There's lots of, there's lots of ways. Who was this book written for? This book is written for anybody that wants to explore other options. There are some people that are really embedded in Western medicine, and I'm so glad we have Western medicine. I'm not opposed to it. But, you know, we have to have multiple tools in our toolbox. We can't use a hammer for everything. So there are things that Western medicine's great at. If you have a gunshot wound, please don't show up at my office for a massage. Uh, (laughs) Please go to the ER. I will send you away. But there's great things that aren't life-threatening that, whether it's an herb or a homeopathic, acupuncture, massage, chiropractic, Reiki, Bach flower, essences, you know, there's all these options for people. And so I wanted to write this book. I did write this book for people who are looking for those options. And so that's why you wrote it. It was time. Uh, I was doing a lot of public speaking. I was doing a lot of article writing. At that point, I was finishing up my master's. I didn't even have my PhD yet. And several people said, hey, you know, you should write a book and really reach more people. So to me, it, the objective really was just get this information out there. And, you know, this, this sounds horrible to say, but it's true. And I know you know this as well. You get a different look as an expert when you have a book behind you. So it was one of those things also to, I I want people to take alternative medicine seriously. I know there's a lot of practitioners who, you know, they're termed woo-woo or airy-fairy or out there. I'm a very practical person. I come across as being very logical, rational, reasonable. I've got a very delicate BS meter. So if you're trying to sell me snake oil that I don't think works, I'm going to be the first one to call you on it. So that was one of the reasons I wrote the book is to let people know, look, You can use this type of 
care this type of medicine in a rational, reasonable way in concert with Western medicine. And I felt like I was a really good voice to do that. What's inside? Are there stories? Are there just step-by-step tips? Are there bullet points? What What's inside of this? Book? Yeah, it's divided up into really short chapters. And a lot of the chapters actually came from other things. Maybe it was a blog post I wrote. Maybe it was an article I, I contributed to or wrote. A project for a lot of my schooling because I realized I had to research these really great things. I wanted somebody other than my professors to read them. So the book is really, it really is an alternative medicine cabinet. It's all this different information thrown in. I had a, a girlfriend tell me, and I thought this was a compliment. She said, it's the perfect bathroom book because no matter where you open it up, there's this pearl of wisdom. Even if you just have two minutes, no matter where you flip, you're going to get something really useful to you. So to me, that's what it is. It's just a compendium of natural health. And on every page, there's something you can learn. What's your favorite chapter of the book? My favorite chapter is Even Wonder Woman Needs a Day Off. And it's a chapter on stress and women and how, you know, now we're taught that we can do it all. We can run the company and care for the kids and manage the business. And do, We still need to take a break. <laughs> Just yes. because we're told we can do it all doesn't mean we should. doesn't mean that we, you know, that's good for us. So I talk about taking breaks and how to incorporate, you know, stress reducing into your day and into your busy life. So that's my favorite. I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan, kind of obsessed with her. So <laughs> the fact that I could even work her name into a title. I'm sure DC Comics is going to come after me. You can't use that name. Uh, but, no, but it's true. You know, we, we equate ourselves now with superheroes, and I think we sometimes just need to give ourselves a break and relax. Would you mind sharing one of the hundreds of ways that I could take charge of my health? Um, in the Wonder Woman chapter, uh, I talk about sleep. And I say, keep a notebook by the bed so if you wake in the night remembering that you have to do something, you can do a mind dump and get it out. Don't lay there and dwell. You know, there are some things we can get up right now and check. If you don't know if you paid the mortgage and it's driving you crazy in the middle of the night, go check and see if you paid the mortgage. Something that you can't check on at 2 a.m., write it down by the bed so you don't forget. Swear you're going to do it tomorrow morning. And then when you wake up, you've got it written down, go do it. That's one of those great sleep tips that, that I mentioned, and there's, there's hundreds throughout the book. Are you ready to wrap for I us? I am ready to wrap. So, Kathy, whenever you're ready, go ahead and read a portion of your book. Great. This is actually in the introductory section because the chapters are, are long enough that I didn't want to tease by not reading the whole chapter, but they're not short enough to read the whole thing. So this is my perspective on health, and I open the book with this. As an alternative health practitioner, my theory on health and wellness is that given the right environment, the body can heal itself. The least intervention is the best bet. I also believe strongly in the mind-body connection and have seen over the years that our thoughts will manifest in our bodies. Why not hedge our bets by changing our minds the same way we change our diets? We can have healthy bodies, but the mind and the spirit cannot be forgotten. Throughout this book, these issues are discussed. Great way to set the stage for the book. Yeah, I, Very good. I want people to know what they're going to get because, you know, for, with such a broad title, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, what is in it? You know, so I wanted to give people an idea. This is going to cover everything, body, mind, and spirit. It's not just yet another nutrition book. I mentioned nutrition, um, but it's got everything. So much that you need is, is in this book. I'm very proud of it. My name is Barbara. Dr. Kathy Gruber's book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, is a refreshing look into a creating new paths to mind and body health without always searching for a quick fix through drugs. Dr. Kathy will never tell you to forgo medical advice and treatment if needed, but she tries to make us look inward to create better health. Her mind-body tips can help relieve stress that only we can place on ourselves. Dr. Kathy doesn't preach, but guides her readers to, to believing that they can help themselves. Hello, future and current published authors. This is John P. 
So what did you think about that new addition to the show? The reader testimonials. I added that because reviews are important, not only for authors who have their books on websites like Amazon, but on a side note, reviews are also great for podcasters. Hint, hint. Did you rate and review my show yet on iTunes or iPhone? You can five-star rate this podcast while you're listening. It only takes a minute. It's a one-time task. Now, back to my point. If you read a written testimonial for a book that states, yeah, the book was pretty good, you can interpret that a few ways by reading it. But if you heard it, yeah... The book was pretty good or yeah, the book was pretty good or yeah, the book was pretty good. <laughs> Get my point. Well, not every show will have these reader testimonials and not every testimonial will be played on the show. So do you like it? Yes or no? Tell me what you think. Go to my website, pleasefinishyourbook.com front slash polls. That's P-O-L-L-S to vote. Yes or no? Thank you. Now back to the show. We're going to learn a little bit more about you, the author. Where did you grow up and what stands out about your childhood? I was raised in Pittsburgh, grew up there, go Steelers. Uh, still very, even though I'm in California, <laughs> Steelers fan. even though I grew up in Pittsburgh, I'm in California now, but I, I do have a very special place in my heart for Pittsburgh. My dad is still back there. Um, and what stands out about my childhood is I was an only child and I was spoiled, but not totally spoiled. Um, but in being an only child, you know, I, I grew up really fast. Uh, I think one of the advantages of being an only child is you're treated like an adult. And so when my parents would have friends over, it was, oh, hey, Kathy, we need to go make cocktails. Can you talk to the guests? As opposed to go to your room, the adults are here. So I really grew up being around a lot of adults and knowing how to talk to adults. Uh, and I lost my mom when I was 18. She died of cancer. So that thrust me into adulthood even quicker. Uh, she got sick when I was about 14, which is one of the things that you know led me very logically to this path of helping people and giving choices. So it was just the, the great relationship I had with them as an only child and sitting there on Sundays with a terrible towel, screaming at the TV and watching Steeler games. Well, now that you're in L.A., you know the L.A. Rams are going to be here. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Start out check. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I, I started out wanting to be a veterinarian, and then my first hamster died, and I was devastated for weeks, and I realized I don't like sick animals. I like well animals, and veterinary, not going to work. Uh, I was way too emotional about things that are sick. and I mean, I'm too empathic. I feel everything, so having to break it to a little kid that her kitten wasn't going to make it, yeah, no, there's no way I could do that. Uh, the next choice was actress, and that's actually what I pursued throughout junior high, high school, and college. I was a theater major, so I stepped on stage in fifth grade right after the big hamster incident um, and just was a home there. So that's what I pursued. I was actually, that's what got me to L.A. What what career after high school or college did you find yourself spending the most time yeah, in? Yeah, I went straight to acting. Uh, there was always a parallel path between the acting and the healing. I studied very accidentally uh, massage when I was in college. I apprenticed with a woman there while we were doing theater. She'd show up and massage us, and I helped her. Um, so that's it was the blending, you know, it was that parallel mm -hmm. path of, oh, I'm going to go do my auditions, but oh, hey, I'll do massage on the side to help, you know, pay bills. So it was a parallel thing. And, you know, I still do. I so, do so much radio and TV. I actually host my own TV series, which is going to be on very soon. So nice. the acting thing has stayed. You know, people say, oh, what a waste of time, all that acting. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this is how I can do radio and TV and stand in front of people. I've done hundreds of lectures and make it fun. I don't want to just go blah, 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 healing. You know, that's people tune out. Uh, so the acting thing is still a very big part of what I do. Before the book idea, which hobby did you spend the most time on? Yeah, I dance. I've been dancing since I was five, and I had this very, very 
big misperception, misconception that, you know, he did dance as a kid. You know, my mom would take me to dance class. I hated every second of it. But that's what you did as a kid, and through college I did it. And as an adult, I never thought to find a dance class as exercise, which was weird to me. And several <laughs> years ago, I rediscovered it. I do hip-hop now three or four days a week. Wow. I change, I change my entire schedule to make sure I got to dance class. It's my drug. It's my church. It's my stress relief. It's my everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a funky white chick. I do hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with hip-hop. I'm good at it. Now, Kathy, share with us a personal hardship that shaped you into the person you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's got to be losing my mom so young. You know, you can't go through something like that and not have that affect you. And I think one of the things it did is it, it not only gave me compassion and patience, which I didn't always have as a teenager dealing with a very sick mom. You know, I didn't want to come home and have to have her complaining about things and in pain and chemo and hooked on morphine. And, uh, you know, it was a really horrible experience to go through, but it taught me so many things that help me in my career now. I see a lot of cancer patients, a very special place in my heart for them. And though I couldn't help my mom, I was just a kid. I had no idea what I was doing. I, you know, There was no internet. This was Pittsburgh in the right. 80s. She didn't have a lot of options. So yeah. now I think that really inspires me to help clients find options. And I've worked with so many cancer patients, some who have gotten better and some who didn't make it through. Um, but I really love working with them and giving them any relief I can through the massage and the Reiki and the hypnotherapy and, and resources for them. Um, and my dad was an incredible caregiver. So he was an amazing example of how to have that compassion and that patience. I never saw him lose it. I'm sure he did. You know, I'm sure yeah. he went out with his friends and did shots and cried and yelled and whatever he did. I, I know he did, but I never mm -hmm. saw it. And, and that to me was such a strength that, that I just absolutely admire. I never knew how hard it was for him to be going through that with his wife. So pretty unique and wow. amazing experience, actually. And how old were you again? I was You're 18 when she died 18. and about 13 when she got sick. So I through see. all those years, and someone the other day said, you know, do you miss your mom? And I said, well, no. <laughs> and they thought that was so cold, and I don't mean it to sound cold and uncaring. You know, I'm so sorry she went through what she did, but what do I miss? You know, I didn't have her through those years when somebody would look back and say, oh, I miss growing up with my mom. She wasn't really there for that. So I remember being a little kid with her, but really my teen years were helping her because she was sick. Um, mm. So, there, you know, it was a, a really unique experience to go through, and it definitely shaped me into, into what I do and who I am now. So thank you for sharing that with us. Before this book, what personal accomplishment or unique talent were you most proud of? Oh, wow. You know, I was finishing my master's at that point, and that was a huge mm -hmm. thing for me. And then moving past that and getting the PhD was gigantic. Uh, you know, I, I started and created a really phenomenal massage practice. And at a time when massage was hitting its height and more practitioners were coming and we had the creation of these sort of shopping center massage places that are popping up all over the place, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was really proud of what I've been able to do. And I've got, and I get so many compliments on this, uh, a great business head as well. So that combination of the healing that I'm really good at and the business that I just have an in, innate sense for, uh, creating the practice that I did, I was able to employ people for a while. I don't have therapists anymore because it just became too much. But, uh, you know, building that business and being able to help so many people, I was so proud. It was such a big accomplishment for me. And then moving into the books and, you know, everything I'm doing now, it's, it's a, a, a huge source of pride for me, everybody I've been able to help. Nice. Speaking of books, which book do you wish you were the author of? <gasps> Ooh. 
oh, wow, God, can I take Harry Potter? <laughs> For no other reason. No, I mean, just her story is so incredible. You know, she was practically homeless and wrote yes, on napkins. And, you know, I love the series. I think because I was this sort of, like, different only child and I was going through these unique experiences that other kids weren't having at that, at that time, mm-hmm. I totally relate to Harry Potter. And I'm, you know, I, I'm actually about to go to Florida to do a talk. And I am so going to see the second half of the Harry Potter thing at it, Italy. Oh, man. Because I saw the first half when it opened years yeah. ago. I'm, I'm ready to go on the train to the second <laughs> half. And my husband's like, really? You're going? I'm like, yes. Hello, future and current published authors. This is John P. again. Did you notice the new black box on the homepage at pleasefinishyourbook.com? It says, how-to instructions for subscribing, rating, and reviewing via iTunes, iPhone, or iPad. If you click it, it'll take you to the written step-by-step instructions, which is an alternative to watching the videos. I need your five-star ratings and reviews for this podcast just once. So would you do me that favor? And for those who've already done it, thank you very much. And for those who are about to do it, thank you in advance. Now back to the show. Now we're going to get more into the mindset that you had when you were developing this book. So what actually led up to this book idea? Yeah, I started writing articles and I was doing bigger articles and I was doing articles for massage magazines and business magazines. And I realized, wow, you know, I need to reach more people. Uh, Several people told me just from a practical perspective, if I do want to do more public speaking, I really should have a book. And I went, oh, okay, I've got all this stuff. Let's write a book. Uh, So the inspiration for it came about from several things. One, just the, the pure desire to help more people. And then the practical desire of, you know, you're at a place in your career where you really need to have a book. Um, so I started writing, and there we, there it is. There it is. And after you got the idea for it, how long did it actually take for you to, to do something with the idea for it? Oh, like five minutes. <laughs> I don't- I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a triple Capricorn, and I'm very anal retentive. And I'm very <laughs> triple type Capricorn, a, and I'm very com- yeah. I'm very yeah. You know, I'm the daughter of a dad who wants a son, and that's uh, I can throw the football the furthest than the boys on the street. It's a book today. Um, that's what I do when I get that 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 urge that something that light just pops in your head, and you go, "Oh, I got to do this now." Um, that's how I moved from. L.A. to Santa Barbara. That's how I got to L.A. That's how, you know, I have that moment where that light clicks on and I go, "Mm, time to do this now. That's how I have functioned throughout the years. And it really works for me because that is some like divine inspiration saying now do it now go. You know, like when you're trying to get into that jump rope. They're mm-hmm. swinging the jump of the double dutch or whatever it is. I was never particularly good at, but you have that moment and you got to go now. That's how the book started for me. And once I started writing it, and all of my books have been very quick from start to finish. Um, I write when I get it ready to go, I write. And this was also, I kind of had an advantage. A lot of this stuff was already written, and it was more arranging it and tweaking it and fine-tuning it than creating info from scratch. So it was a very fast process for me. Nice. Who motivates you to actually get through the process of writing? Knowing that that people are going to be benefited from this, you know, letting people know that they have these options. These books are so important. And it's not like I'm the first person to ever write an alternative medicine book. I mean, you Google that or you look on Amazon. There's so many. But what's great about that is there's constant resources for people that need this information, constant inspiration for people to say, hey, maybe I can do something different this time. How busy Hmm. were you or distracted were you when you were working on this book? Yeah, I was keeping a full-time practice and doing dance class and the radio and the TV and it was I'm so busy. I'm one of the busiest people I know and I like that. Um because I'm very type A, my schedule is, you know, I don't mess around. 
Um, mm-hmm. But the downside of that was, you know, I'd be at my office and literally in between massages working on the book and a client would show up and I'd have to throw off the writer hat and switch on the healer hat and then go back and forth. And there were moments where it's like, oh, I'm really into this. Oh, I just want to write. But I had to stop. Uh, so that was one of the frustrations is I couldn't just hold myself up in a room somewhere when I felt like it because I'm one of those people. I don't make myself write at certain times. When I feel the urge, I start to write. Um, and sometimes it's not always convenient to do that. If you're in the middle of a massage, I can't very well say, hey, can I put my laptop on your behind and do a little bit of writing while I finish this, you know, finish this massage? Uh, so that was the struggle for me was finding that, that compromise between, oh, I really want to write now. But I got a client here, so that was a that was a lot of juggling for me. Got it. So, how often did you write, and where did you find that you got the most inspiration when you're actually putting the book together? I have no idea when I wrote. Whenever it mm. struck me in between things, like first thing in the morning or in the evenings after dance class, or it just came when the when the moment struck and when I had the time. Uh, mm. And knowing that I'm very deadline driven, and so I put a deadline on myself. Um, the book was self published at that time, so no one was telling me when it had to be in. It's not like the publisher called and said, well, "Come on, Groover, we need another chapter today." It was all <laughs> self motivated by me, and I'm very self motivated. So that wasn't a problem for me. But so I put deadlines on myself. I want to have this done by blah, blah, blah. I want to get it to the editor by blah, blah, blah. And if I didn't meet that, I always meet those goals. <laughs> Even though they're mm. self-imposed, I will meet those goals. Realistic goals, of course, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Good at Great. making them realistic. So. Excellent advice set to actually set a deadline for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. When the ideas came at different times, what tools did you use to capture those ideas? Yeah, my brain works faster than my fingers as far as typing. I'm a very good typist, but man, I, as you can tell, I talk a little fast. Um, so imagine how fast my brain is going. So I found, and I did this with my subsequent books, not so much with this one because, again, a lot of that info was already there, and I just had to restructure it. I dictate a lot. Um, so I will either dictate straight into my computer and do the speak-to-text, which comes up mm. with some really funny corrections. Yes. Or, uh, yeah, sometimes I go back and I read the, ch- the paragraph. It's like, like, what was that? What? What did and I, just I have to read it out loud to see what it thinks I was saying. Yeah, so I've got some really right. funny typos. Luckily, yeah. I catch those before it goes to print. Um, or I dictate yeah. in my phone. I do a lot of driving from Santa Barbara to L.A., and that's a good hour and a half or two hours in the car, and I will put my phone on record, and I'll dictate. So my most recent book, a lot of it was dictated in the car. What did you do for fun to take a break from the writing? Wine. There was a lot of wine. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of wine, yeah. In between the wine, there was dance class. Uh, At the time I wrote this book, I I do flying trapeze now for fun. Uh, What? Yeah. Flying trapeze? Trapeze. Everybody do. Come on. Everyone does flying trapeze. Yeah, no. so I, that is now my stress relief for what I'm doing currently. But back then I hadn't found flying trapeze yet. So a lot of dance class, a lot of spending time with my husband and the cats and, and wine. And, and I love public speaking. It really is my favorite thing. It's that performance aspect that comes back out of me. So uh, doing the talks that I was doing, uh, you know, organizing things for the public is just I love doing it. Now tell us about a challenging moment or, or major distraction that you had during this book. Having to deal with clients and handle all the rest of life because I wasn't a full-time writer. You know, I didn't just, hey, I'm going to write all day today. You know, my husband's a full-time writer. (laughs) That's what he Mm. does for a living. So he has the the luxury of, you know, hey, I'm going to sit here and write all day. Now, the downside of that is he sits there and writes all day and there are 
I come home from work and he's sitting there and I'm like, have you gotten up? And he's like, ah, you know, it's going to be exhausting. And I think you do have to distract yourself. I don't think you can write yeah. 10 hours a day. I think you'll lose your mind. Right. I, I, I could. Yeah. It ends yeah. up being a little creepy. Um, and then they'll have a documentary about your life and it'll be a mess. So yeah, I think the distractions were both good and bad for that. Give us a glimpse into what the editing process was like. Did you do it yourself? Did you give it to your husband? Did someone else yeah. hire? Yeah. I, bad, bad. I did it myself. Uh, ah. Very, very bad idea because now I look back at this book and go, oh, oh, that's, oh, yeah. So um, get some, you know, I think I had other people read it. Mm-hmm. Get, hire an editor. I mm. know they're pricey, but you don't remember the grammar from 10th grade. You don't remember where that comma goes unless you were an English major. You don't remember. And also, you know what it's supposed to say. So if you miss a word or if you double up a word or if you've got the wrong version of the word, you're just going to gloss right over it because you've read it so many times you know what it's supposed to say. You will miss things. Get an editor. And the last three books I did, I had a professional editor that I hired, that I paid, go through the book and do it. And I really wish I would have done that with this one. The title. Mm-hmm. Where did this title come uh, from? Is this the first title or you just yeah. did this just kind of more? I have no idea. I just knew that's what it had to be because it said exactly what it was. You know, it's the alternative medicine cabinet. You open it up and there's everything in there you need for health. There's no Band-Aids and there's no Advil and there's no eye drops, but there's all this other stuff that you need for your health from an alternative standpoint. And I can't remember if I was doing a radio show and mentioned the phrase, but somehow it just popped into my head and that it was just the perfect title. And that's my website. That's, I mean, that's become kind of what I've branded because everything I write fits into that alternative medicine cabinet somewhere. But is there anything in there related to how fruit, you can use fruit on your body to help heal you? When I was growing up, we had this thing that we would do where we would take some fruit and would rub, like, let's say, for instance, heat bumps. We had these heat mm-hmm. bumps when I was down, and we'd rub some fruit, and the juices from the fruit actually healed the heat bumps. Yeah. <laughs> so during the summer, you and your friends would just rub fruit on each other. That's well, well, here's the deal. I, we didn't share it with friends. It was, just, it was just a family thing. We'd do, yeah, we didn't want to tell anybody else about it. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. What do you want to do today, Bob? Well, I have a strawberry. Um, no, I've never heard of that. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it was something specifically in the fruit or if it was just the coolness from the fruit. I don't know. I don't. But I think me and my my cousins we talk about that today. Like watermelon or cantaloupe. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's some you know, great enzymes. There's great enzymes in that fruit, and it's the juice is cooling, and there's a certain sugar component to it. I don't know. I'll have to ponder that one. Yeah, ask your parents about that because I think they they were, they were messing with you. They're like that's funny. So so now what about the what about the actual cover? How'd you decide on that cover? Yeah, you know the cover. This is the second cover. Um, the first one was. I actually like it better. It was just in all, it was a medicine cabinet in my house that a girlfriend of mine dressed for me. And it was her hand reaching into the cabinet. There was fruit in there and vegetables and herbs. And I mean, it was beautiful. I loved this cover. And then when it was turned into a TV show, um, because this book was what sparked the TV show called the alternative medicine cabinet. We did a shoot on the set of me on this medicine cabinet that we had created for the show. And then that's what the cover is now. I don't like it as much, but being now that the show's about to air, it, it actually makes sense to keep that cover. But yeah, the original one was, it was an alternative medicine cabinet. It was beautiful. She did such got a great it. job. Yeah. Gotcha. Got it. Now you were published, self-published. Was there a reason behind that? Yes. Yes. And interestingly, that 
just changed. Um, mm-hmm. I was on a sure. I, I will. I was on a cruise with my husband, and there was a company there called Infinity Publishing, and I had never really. Th- this was kind of before I thought about writing the books, and I hadn't thought anything about you know, do I try to get a traditional publisher? Do I self-publish? And I'm a little control freak. And I want things mm-hmm. done my way with my cover and my bio and my index and the other way I wanted it. And I was talking to this guy, and he gave me his card, and he said, well, let's talk about getting your book out. And I'm like, oh, okay. My husband had published one of his books subsequently through that company, and so I did too. Um, and that's how I've done all of my books because I wanted that control. I wanted them to come out when I wanted them to come out. And I had talked to so many other people in the health profession who went through a traditional publisher and first they had to find an agent, which took ages. Then the agent had to find them a publisher, which took forever. And they had to do this book proposal, which was, you know, 40 pages long. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's like, I could have a whole book out by the time just that process happens. And then they, it was like 16 to 24 months out from publication. And I thought this information is not even going to be true anymore if we wait that long. So I decided to just take the bull by the, by the horns and just do it because I wanted it now. It's that only child, you know, daddy, I want it now thing. Um, a couple months back, I did a silent retreat where I meditated for three days in silence. And one of the exercises I did was to write down 15 goals. You write down 15 goals in one minute because that really makes your mind figure out what you want. And one of the goals was get my books published traditionally. And I thought, okay, well, I guess that's a goal. I wrote it down. And so the ding happened and the light turned on and I went, I'm doing that this week. And I sent out queries to 12 publishers who accepted queries without an agent. And I found a small press who's very interested in my books and we're going to republish a couple of them. And then they're interested in my future titles. And Alternative Medicine Cabinet is one of the ones that probably we're going to republish. So they're working on my stress book right now. Um, So yeah, I have a traditional publisher now. So I went about it completely opposite than most people do. (laughs) Uh Uh, But I'm really excited. They're a great press and they totally get me and I love their titles. Um, So yeah, a lot of my books are going to be re-released basically um, under a different publisher. So it's been... it was very very, it's very exciting. I'm I'm quite pleased with it. Very good. So when you do that, when you re-release it, would it be a new edition of the book? Would you have to change something on the inside besides, you know, the the, the publisher's name and everything on the inside? But are you going to add anything to it to make it another new edition? Yeah, I'm probably – the stress book is so complete. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to change anything. I'm going to do a new forward, you know, a new mm-hmm. introduction to the new edition. Okay. Um, it's won, it won five awards, so we're going to change the cover thanks to reflect all the little stickers across the bottom. And then I don't know that we're going to mess with much. That's the reason we okay. started with that book. It's complete and ready to go. You know, we're going to read all through right. it and see if we find anything the editors missed, if there's a typo, if there's a, you know, whatever. But it's complete and ready to go. Same thing with Journey of Healing, which is my most recent book. It literally just came out, and they're going to re-release that one as well, from what I understand. I don't want to push it. You know. um, okay. Alternative Medicine Cabinet, I would write and rewrite and reformat and restructure. This one would use to make it what I want it to be now. It was great when I wrote it. Now I look at it and go, oh, there's so much I'd change. So we'll see if we end up redoing it. If we do, it'll be a completely different, completely different version. Ah, oh, nice. Okay, okay. Tell us about a new skill that you gained now that you're an author of going through the process of finishing a book. I think people look at you completely different, um, and they look at you differently with each subsequent book. So when you say, oh, I wrote a book, they're kind of like, oh, uh, all right, Um, because with the days of now self-publishing, anybody can write a book. Once I had my second book, people went, oh, wow, 
now that I have my fifth book, that says something. That says I'm dedicated to the process. It says I know what I'm talking about. You know, um, people just look at you differently, even though, frankly, I don't know that I'm any more or less talented than I was before I wrote the book. <laughs> um, you know, I'm the same person. Uh, same thing with the TV show. Everyone's like, oh, my God, she must be great. She has a TV show. It's that perception. And people – that's what they know is perception. So anything that I can do to have the perception be there that I'm – because I am an expert, but people need mm-hmm. to perceive that. So to me, it makes what I say more authentic, more believable, and I mean that in the best way. I'm not trying to you know, snake oil anybody, but mm-hmm. I have such great information to offer, and if I can put myself in a position where I'm viewed as an expert, then I can get that information to more people. And that's why I do everything that I do is to help people learn more and be better. How did you celebrate after, let's say, this particular book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, was finally published and available for sale? Yeah, it was so exciting when that box came. And I remember I was at my office, and the box of all the books came. and my Or I got my – oh, no, I got the proof copy. Yeah, because you get a heart. <laughs> you, you and I held it in my hand, and I like I stroked the cover, and I might have shed a tear or two. Because it, it is it's like birthing a child, and I don't have kids, not planning on having kids. But I feel like I have five kids from doing these books um, because you groom them, and you raise them. And and they show up and you go, oh, it's an adult. You know, um, it was very exciting. And anybody that's written a book, you know how you feel when that book arrives and you hold it in your hands. Or you Google it, you see it pop up on Amazon. Or, you know, the first review comes out and the first person talks about it. And they, you know, you make your first sale. And, oh, I, it's, it's so exciting. It's just the coolest <laughs> feeling. You're working on other books. What, what would you do differently? for your next book. Yeah, I think I learned those lessons. Um, I wrote the fifth book very differently than I wrote the first one. Um, a lot of it was the dictation. You know, I realized, and now the technology's caught up with me. You know, I work on a, um, uh, an Apple uh, laptop, and I click Control-Command twice, and I can speak, and it writes it down. Again, we get some interesting, <laughs> interesting interpretations mm-hmm. of what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that has just made my life so much easier. And when I start on the next one, it's going to be the same thing. I, I, I'll be dictating mm-hmm. most of it. And what I love about that, too, is I've read so many books where it looks like they wrote it. I cannot tell you, you know, it's very formal and it doesn't flow and there's no personal connection to it. And one of the compliments I get about all of my books is, you know, it sounds like like I can hear your voice reading it to me. It sounds like you're just talking to me. And that's that casual tone that I like personally that not everyone does. Not everyone writes that way. Actually, my husband does not like that form of writing. He doesn't like my casual tone. Um, but to me, it works because I want to, I want it to be like you're sitting there talking to a friend. So the fact that I dictate it, it ends up sounding as if I'm reading it to you, which I am. Um, and I was reading a friend of mine's book right now, and it is just so stilted, and he's using words that are so formal, and it's not the style that I like. The message is great, but I don't like the way the message is coming across. So everyone has their own style, but I like the dictation part of it. Now we're toward the end of the show. First wrap-up question is for you to share a short, actionable tip or a step-by-step process that will be beneficial to someone who hasn't yet finished a book. Yes. Okay, so here's the three words. Go for it. Or to quote Nike, just do it. <laughs> um, you, you, at some point, you have to. And I've heard so many people say that I want to write a book, and they've not written a thing. Or they've been working on the same book for 30 years. Okay, finish it. At some point, it has to be done. You have to write the words, the end, with the period, and you have to close the computer program, and you have to say you're done. You really could. And if you truly want to write it, if you truly are saying to me, I want to write this book, 
you have to write it or else I'm going to start to suspect you don't really want to. Um, that's kind of harsh, but I mean, it's true. You know, you have to just do it. And uh, somebody had asked me, you know, how in the world do you write an entire book? And I say, well, you don't write an entire book. You write a paragraph. And before you write that paragraph, you write that sentence and you've got to do it word by word. You know, you don't wake up this morning and say, I'm going to run a marathon today and head out and do 26 miles. One, you're not going to be able to do it, and two, it's overwhelming. You're going to hurt yourself, and that's just not good. So it's the same thing with a book. Write it paragraph by paragraph. You don't have to know where it's going to go. I don't outline my books before I write them. I just go. Of course, it's not fiction either, but it's like I just I go, and I see where it takes me, and then I know when I'm finished. I could still be fussing with every single book that I wrote, but at some point you have to be done. What are you excited about working on next? I'm excited about working with this publisher and getting the you know the few books out that we want to get out to see how that changes things because writing a book that's self-published is, you know, I had control over it, but you know, you don't have the broad distribution. You know, I'm not in major bookstores because I'm self-published and you can contact them and say, Hey, I've got this great book and they hear the word self-published or small press. They don't want to hear it um, because they assume, Oh, it's terrible. Um, that industry is changing and I'm seeing more self-published books get attention, but I'm really excited to see how the perception of it changes and how the sales change now that I've got it with a publisher. So that's really exciting for me. And then I'm looking forward to writing more. I'm, I, I tend to get the urge kind of like July, August of every year to write, even though leading up to that, I say, I'm not writing another book. <laughs> I'm never mm-hmm. doing this again. And then I forget, you know, it's kind of like women and the kids. I'm never doing this again. And two years later, they, they're pregnant again. It's kind of like me with the book. Um, so I expect to write the next one soon and we'll see I've got a couple choices of what it will be Uh, I think I've got three or four choices of what the next titles could be so I'll talk to the publisher about that and ponder what I'd like to do and and we'll get moving on that so take this moment now to share any other products that you have I heard some of the other books but go ahead and take this moment now to share oh absolutely yeah the alternative medicine cabinets first very excited about that one and that's what we've been talking about today Um, and then I did conquer your stress with mind body techniques which is dozens of usable practical techniques that you can do either on your own or with a practitioner to help your stress Uh, I did body mind therapies for the body worker which is similar to conquer your stress but it's specifically for other health practitioners how you can learn to do these techniques to help your clients. Um, And then I co-wrote a book called Market My Practice, which is specifically for other practitioners of anybody in the health fields and how to really run your business. I see so many people who are great healers, but they're terrible business people. And, you know, they're struggling to make ends meet because they don't have those business skills. So this breaks it down a really fun way. And um, I co-wrote it with a great guy named um, Steve Brinoff, who he's very practical and very textbook and I'm very funny and oh you know just do it kind of thing so the the book is great you can tell who wrote which chapter it's kind of funny Um, and then my most recent one Journey of Healing really really just so excited about that it's uh, not only a bunch of natural health information but the journey of how I found it how I got into it how I've used it to help myself to help my clients And then the book is peppered with personal stories of what I call pivotal moments, which I found when I did radio shows and live talks. People were really interested in my story of how I found these things. And some are funny and some are touching and some are just goofy. And I talk about trapeze and dance class and losing my mom and the stupid thing I did with herbs where I really made a mistake that was very comical. And, um, you know, I I think people like to remember that you're human (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. and that even though I know all this stuff so well, I made stupid mistakes, too, and I'm going to tell you about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so those are those are the books I'm really pleased with. Is there anything else you'd like to share? My name is Dr. Kathy Gruber, the author of The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. If you haven't published a book yet, 
Please finish your book. Thank you for finishing your book, Kathy, and thank you for sharing it with the world. If you want more information on Dr. Kathy Groover or her book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, Hundreds of Ways to Take Charge of Your Health Naturally, visit the episode show notes at pleasefinishyourbook.com slash 004. Take it away, Erica. Did you learn enough to help you take the next step toward finishing your book? If so, share the show and let us know by visiting pleasefinishyourbook.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Hashtag, please finish your book.